Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Beat School Podcast. I'm your host, Keo Ryan. Thank you so much for tuning in. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. This is the podcast where we break down and dive into everything around music production, hip-hop, rapping, singing, R&B, all of that jazz. Uh, during quarantine, especially, these episodes have been very Q&A focused, so sometimes I might bring on guests or I might talk about, do deep dives into certain topics, but uh, this episode is going to be another Q&A with Kia episode. So these are user-submitted questions, either over Instagram, on social, email, or I'll even dig some of these up on like different forums like Reddit and um, places online where I hang out with you, other producers, to answer your questions. Um, this podcast is sponsored by yours truly, uh, the Producer Vault and the Beat Bootcamp. Your boy uh, just rolled out um, a new four-part producer training, which you can find at uh, theproducervault.com. Theproducervault.com. Go there. It's a free uh, four-part training. It breaks down, I say, you save 10 years of trial and error, and it gives it to you in 10 days. So it's a free four-part training. Um that I just put together, super stoked about, so check that out if you haven't already. But let's dive into it. Today's episode, I got some really cool questions for you I'm uh, stoked to, to answer, but this first one is coming in from the gram. This one's by a guy named Akano1. Uh, he says he's been working on a project, blah, blah, blah. Um, how, do you, how do you know when enough is actually enough? I don't want to overload the artist with sounds, and I don't want to bore them either. So Akano, so this is... A great question, um, and this is a really a balance that I think comes down to practice. So this is something that you can only really figure out from doing it and talking with artists because everybody's going to be different, and it just really depends on kind of the vibe you want to shoot for, that the balance between your artistic expression where you feel like you're able to make a beat that sounds good to you, that you're happy with, but also something that allows space for a vocalist or an artist. Um, the, the, the more experience I get with production, the more simpler my beats become. And this is something that there's another question here that I got um, that I want to talk about a little bit later about this exact thing, about kind of the the beauty of simple beats and kind of rolling with that momentum while you have it. But I listened to an interview the other day with Zaytoven where he was talking about when he's with an artist in the studio, how he'll cook up a beat in like 15 minutes or something like that because you just roll with the energy, the artist is there. And a lot of artists don't want to wait for you to like cook up a super crazy beat with all these ridiculous like the the flair and the spice you can always add later so that's actually the, what i've started to do even making my own music uh for my own projects is i'll make a beat kind of just the skeleton the idea just i'll get the main thing down and then after i lay the vocals i can go back and work on adding the spice and the kind of fun flair and things of that nature later on so when you're when you're making a beat if you're going to like sell these online or something i would say keep simpler is probably better you want to you can do a lot of fun things in the arrangement to keep it interesting but if you nail the a good melody or you nail a good like pad the sound like be more deliberate in the choices that you make in terms of the sound selection and think less about creating more tracks and adding a lot of fancy stuff if you can nail the the, the low end with like the drums and bass or like the kick and bass kind of action, you get some bounce, you get some sort of a, a pad or a synth or some sort of vibe that sounds good. You can do a lot of damage with like just that. So keep it simple. Um, 
the next question comes in from this is Rhymes Boy. Uh, Rhymes says, "I'm learning to play the keyboard. How to move to hip hop production from here? Uh, I don't know anything about music production or instruments. I bought a MIDI keyboard and I'm learning the basics of chords, notes, etc. How to play it? Um, how can I move towards hip hop production? Um, should I be doing anything different? So if you come in, if you already know how to play the keys, it says you're learning how to play the keys, but a lot of folks come in, I think." this at the wrong angle they come into hip-hop production feeling like you need to play keys thinking that you need to know a lot of music theory and so you're actually then tackling like two huge instruments at the same time you're trying to learn keys and then you're also trying to learn music production think about music production as an instrument in and of itself yes you can incorporate things like playing keys but I know a ton of amazing piano players that make shitty beats. Like they're two very different skills. I can't. I love playing keys, but I'm. I only can play chords. I'm not like a brilliant pianist. I don't know a ton about music theory, and so a lot of times this is more of a mental block where people think you have to know one in order to do the other, and that's false. Um, I would say know some music theory and watch. By this, I mean like watch a YouTube video and like learn about like what chords and notes mean, and then like run with it from there you don't have to be a music genius in order to make good beats and they rarely go hand in hands i talk about this all the time like how many juilliard grads are also like famous producers like hip-hop producers you know what i'm saying like it you don't need those same and how many guys just like don't know shit about music theory but cook up and make dope beats so if you're gonna do the transition though if you say you already know how to play keys you're learning how to play keys um, I would say get like some sort of a MIDI keyboard so you can still incorporate the playing of the keys. But where this I think will really translate is when you think about um, creating melodies and things like that that are, are coming up with chords. If you know how to play keys, you might know chord progressions and things like that, which can go a really long way in terms of your production. Um, but you don't need to be a brilliant musician by any means in order to do this. So I would say get some sort of a DAW and... Um, get familiar with it, try out some different DAWs, Ableton or FL Studio would be the two big ones I recommend, and then uh, either get a course, um, that could be one of my courses, or just something online that has a structured curriculum to give you um, building blocks moving forward to build on, so you aren't just kind of like cherry picking different YouTube videos trying to figure it out on your own, because that's what I did, and that's why it took me 10 years, and I wish I'd had a program that I followed. Okay, this one is by Brian Michael. Tips on finishing an EP. I've been working on the EP for a few months. Um, has a lot of oh, I like this one. This is one of my favorite questions. I finished a lot of instrumentals, um, but uh, but I listen to them so much that I'm not as excited about them as I used to be. Any tips to get back in that creative headspace to finish these songs, Brian? This is a tough one, my dude, because I do believe this is going to sound weird. But I do believe in a in a certain way that your like instrumentals have like a finite amount of magic, which sounds kind of weird and sad. But like I do think that they lose a little bit of sauce, like the more that you listen to them. And so there are certain songs now that I have like really incredible memories with that I don't listen to it like. I will only listen to that song like once a year or like if I really need it to like because it's almost like a time capsule like it's a it'll warp you to wherever that place is and when it comes to making your own instrumentals I found this this last month this August I did another 30-day song challenge where I try to make a song Monday through Friday make the beat 
and the song, record the vocals and mix it all from start to finish for 30 days, uh, for 30, for a whole month, although at least Monday through Friday. And what I found is the, the if I gave myself like an hour for the beat, that then I would ride that inspiration so much more into the writing process than if I spent longer on the beat trying to make a better beat and then tried to write to it. And so when it comes to uh, your own instrumentals, I don't know what it would take to get into that headspace again, but I would say if you can, try to capitalize on the moment when you feel the energy of the beat because it can sometimes be hard to come back to. Um, and so my thing would be make more general ideas or outlines of the beat first, write to it, record to it, do do all the creative shit you need to do, and then come back to the beat later, add your spice, add the flair, really give it the full mix, really do that whole thing you need to. Because what I found, the longer I spend with it, often the you kind of lose the vibe and like music is all about vibes and energies, right? Which sounds very woo woo, but I believe it's true. And so you want to really be able to capitalize on that moment while you're in the moment, because it can sometimes be hard to capture that again. Something to think about. That's my two cents. All right. This one is by gave birth to, I don't even know your name. So we're going to keep it pushing, but it says analytical type beats. Is there a better way to get people's attention than type beats on YouTube without having to rely on the analytical titles and tags? Um, man, this is hard because what you, what you really mean to say by analytical type beats is you're really trying to say keyword, keyword research and keywords and tagging, because that's really what YouTube is. And when you think about YouTube, we think about it as a video platform, but it's actually, it's a search engine. It's the second biggest search engine outside of Google. And I think, I think they're actually owned by Google. Pretty sure. So, um, they, that's what people are searching for. And so to really capitalize on YouTube, like if you're Gary V, people already know who you are. You don't have to like hit the tag super duper hard because people will know you. They're going to search for you. If you're just starting out, um, and you're just trying to get a name, you're trying to get momentum. You really have to kind of play that keyword game because the YouTube, the way YouTube works is, it's all algorithmic. And so they want to, one, you'll show up in search, which is like on, um, or recommended, excuse me, like on, um, those videos that pop up next to yours. So like you can generate traffic. If you have a J Cole type beat or if someone else has a J Cole type beat, if your video is tagged properly with metadata and everything like that, you can show up in the recommended, uh, list, right? And so that's a way to generate traffic to your beats. There's also, you can tagging your beats for search will be different than like that. Those recommended joints, which will be different. The, Google Nick Nimmin. He's a homie. He's the man. And he's like the YouTube guy when it comes to like building your YouTube channel. But if you're just starting out, I would say play that YouTube game, really, really capitalize on, um, the search and the SEO search engine optimization of YouTube in terms of keywords and tags and titles to get momentum and traction, at least when you're first starting out, because it is a search engine brother. So you can build your personal brand at the same time, which I recommend, but until people are actually searching for you, I would also change your name because that shit is super hard to pronounce. Um, until people are searching for whatever your crazy name is like 
you kind of got to play the game first, which is what I would recommend. Play the game, build up your subscribers, and then you can start to like get weird and experimental when you want to down the line. Keeping this moving right along. This one's by Make Money Friend. I like where your head is at, brother. Is there such a thing as drum MIDI packs that don't rely on purchasing some software? My drums are really bad. I don't feel like buying addictive drums or tune track. Could people just sell medis that are for kicks and snares, hi hats? Does anyone do this? I can't find anywhere. Um, this is an interesting one. I, I'm not exactly sure if I understand this correctly, but I'm going to take a crack at it. When it comes to MIDI drum packs, a MIDI drum pack would be, I mean, it would be dope because then you plug it in and then you have your, um, like, I guess you're looking for drum rhythms. I'm not exactly sure what you're asking here. What I would say is, um, I say this all the time, but get Splice, get, um, a month of Splice and they have some amazing drums there in terms of you can find drum breaks. You can also find single one shots. And I, I feel weird saying this, but I would say normally I'm like, if you aren't great at melodies, go find somebody who's good at melodies. A part of me is like, dude, just learn, just practice on making better drums. Like the only, I don't think such a big part, especially if you're in hip hop production of hip hop is the drums that like, it's worth it to invest that time and get good at it. Like to not say my drum's really bad and just to chuck it up and like plug and play. Like you can plug and play other elements of a track, but like the drums are, it's at least worth, you don't have to be the best in the world, but it's at least worth investing the time to get better at drums in a way. Um, and there are so many amazing drum patterns out there. What I would recommend is, this is one of the ways that I make, actually. I get stuck a lot on my drums, too, so I'm not going to lie to you. I love drums, but they, I get stuck in the same patterns. And so what I recommend is finding a track with drums that you love and then remake those drums in your DAW. And then you can make it, whoops, you can make it your own. You can, like... Um, I do this with almost every track, I'm going to be honest. I'll find, like, a, a dope a drum pattern that I like that's like might be like trap and then I'll go into some like future bass or I might find like a future bass drum track that I really like or future bass track. I'll recreate the drums, make it my own, and then I'll just like keyify it. And so I do this all the time, man. I steal drum patterns all the time. Like if you can get good at um listening to what you love and then like recreating it, that's a huge tool and a superpower that I often recommend to peeps. So check that out. Um Okay, and on to the next uh, on to the next one. Advice for improving. This one's by Bands Boy Chris. I'm a young trap producer who wants to improve. I make beats daily. I've been making beats for around two years. What's the best way to improve? Bands Boy Chris. You know, this, this, I, I hate to I hate to be the self promotional guy, but dog, come check me out. Come check out this beat boot camp. Let's get it. We got four. You make four beats in four weeks it has coaching it has accountability um it has a structured system and that is what i highly recommend if you want to improve if you really want to get better you need some sort of a structured system or proven path to follow um after around two years you should be able to make pretty good beats at this point um two years you know what? I hate to make this analogy, but it comes, I make it all the time, but it comes to like fit training physically. Like some people are like, I've been going to the gym for years, but not seeing results. And it's because if you go in and you're doing kind of bullshit workouts, that's why. Like 
the sequencing is off. You're not doing the right amount of reps. You don't have the right volume. Like there's no rhyme or reason to the to the program. And that's completely different than if you were to actually have a trainer is going to give you a program with the right reps, volume, frequency. You know, there's progressive overload. These things that are really important to when we know that we understand that like you could be be training for eight years, but still have the results of someone who's been training for six months if the structure and the program isn't right. So when you say for two years, I don't know exactly how, if that's like a focus two years, if that's kind of just like you're messing around two years. Um, because it took me about eight years of just kind of like fucking around, making all the mistakes. And then the last, I'd say two, three years, when I really started to put peace into place, things leveled up immensely. And so after two years, KBZ, this producer who now produces for like GEZ and these other huge producers, you might not, you might know him, you might not, but shout out KBZ one time. I think he was producing for like two years before he started to get major placements or like a year and a half. So you don't, time doesn't equate to ability or skill level. It really comes down to um, what you do with that time. And that's where I think having a focused program, whether it's my beat bootcamp, whether it's something else you find on Udemy, whether it's a free course on YouTube, like have learn from other people's mistakes and have some sort of a structured program that you follow um, and that'll help you improve a lot faster. Also, another thing that you can get, which we offer in the Beat Bootcamp too, is get someone to give you feedback. Who knows what they're doing? Whether it's a friend, whether it's a homie, whether it's a coach, get feedback on your shits from someone who actually knows what they're doing and that'll help you kind of see your blind spots and then work on those. Let's get it. Um, this one's by Saccharin. Rappers, where do you look for beats to buy? I started my beat selling business. I want to know where rappers usually look for beats. Where do you produce for? Um, in other words, what's a sweet spot for a producer to reach rappers? Again, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a broken record, bro, 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 broken record. But check out YouTube, dude. Step up your YouTube game. That's where a lot of people go. Get on the tight beat hustle if you want to do that. Um, another thing that you could do is uh, rather than waiting for people to come to you, I talk about this all the time, but doing a little bit more legwork in actually like reaching out to people, like doing more outreach specific stuff to work with folks on Instagram, on YouTube, whatever, find people that you want to work with, reach out to them, send a message, send an email, um, and, and start to do that, um, that kind of putting that legwork in. I mean, it's good to have your stuff on YouTube. I think BeatStars has a cool platform too. You can advertise on BeatStars, but I really think a lot of rappers and a lot of traffic you can generate from something like the YouTube, um, that I think is where a lot of people go to buy beats. That's where I go to buy beats. I'm just keeping it honest with you. When I'm when I'm not using my own production, I use YouTube. Okay, question. This one's by G-X-I-G-U-A-A. Not sure how to say that name, but you do. How do I tell my feature that their verse is terrible? I love this question. Um, I was working with this artist, but her verse is terrible. Given she's a bigger artist than me and deserving more respect, could put the fact she did this pro bono, I don't know what to tell her but I can't release this. I think about this all the time. How, like when you hear a, uh, like a huge rapper on a track and the verse is like terrible, I'll be like, how do you sometimes be like, dude, this just ain't the one, right? This, this, I'm not feeling this. Here's my thing. Art, I'll say time and time again, art is subjective you don't get to be the one to decide that the verse is terrible. Like Lil Wayne went from my boy Jay, shout out Jay one time, um, Starboy Hudson, a.k.a. Zamboba, um, told me about, he was like, yo, Lil Wayne went from like the dude who had like the dopest bars to like 
the most crazy whack bars, like almost like in like a couple years. And it was nuts because Wayne went from just like Carter three, dude, the bars on there are crazy. And then you listen to some of these features where he'll just come on and like, I wonder what sometimes people thought about releasing those Wayne features. But the point is you don't get to dis. I mean, you do get to decide, but I would still say if she's a bigger artist and you release it, like, is it more important? Let me say this to my family. Is it more important to be right? Or is it more important to get along? And to build that relationship with this artist who's big, it's like, if you don't release it because you're like, ah, you're, this is a verse, like your verse is whack, you're going to burn bridges that like, it doesn't necessarily hurt your brand because it's not your verse. You know what I'm saying? If you aren't proud of your verse or whatever, like I get that, but um, I would still say drop it. I'm just the type of guy I'm saying, drop everything, dump it, let the fans decide, let your, let your peeps decide. You'll get the exposure from working with her. If, if you come correct, then there's nothing to worry about. So that'd be my two take. Drop it. Drop everything. This might be somebody's favorite track. You never know. Pr this one's by Copy Cutter. Producer tag ideas. My, my, I'm thinking about personal voice tag stuff. Um, where can I find a good, uh, good ideas or phrases for producer tag? Um, thanks. Sorry for my bad English. Copy Cutter. Um, I think producer tags can come naturally. Some, some, two of my favorite ones. Um, well, actually, uh, for, there are a ton of examples. If you think about the Metro Boomin one, Metro Boomin, uh, trust that joint was like having Future say that. I think that was Future, and then Kenny Beats. I love it. it's like, whoa, Kenny, and that's from somebody else. I like Ronnie J's, where it's this white girl. She's like, oh my god, Ronnie, and it's just like the story about was he was just in there like kicking with his buddy, and there was like a girl in the room, and the buddy's like, hey, could you say this on the mic? That like, I think. If you think about Ninth Wonder, like, I don't know what his producer tag is, but, like, when Jay-Z shouted him out on a record, like, I think sometimes you can kind of let it happen, like, organically and naturally, um, rather than trying to force their compass something crazy, like, rather than um, spending a lot more time on your producer tag, I would spend that time, like, just get something that works, you can always change it later. Like, Metro changes his joint, like, doesn't have to be set in stone, um, just get something down, work more on making beats and building your brand. And then when some dope rapper says your name on a track, like, just keep that locked and loaded. Okay, this one's by Stale Fruit Loops. That sounds terrible, bro. What's, why is that your name? Keep it fresh, Fruit Loops, man. Fruit Loops are the joint. Toucan Sam, bro? Come on, let's go. Best producer websites you've seen. I'm thinking about making a site to sell my beats. I'm looking for examples of well-made producer sites. Beat Stars, bro. Keeping it keeping it a 1,000 with you. Go Beat Stars. They're dope. They've got so many tools to help you get where you want to go the producer a i'm the producer the ceo i think his name's abe i forget his last name dj pay one like they're really doing it right they're going to continue to build continue to grow um easy rather than trying to go off do something crazy and independent like use beat stars use the platforms you got keep it simple spend more time on your marketing than trying to make some fancy website um this one's by just as a quick aside i spent like a month trying to put together this fancy producer website on Shopify, built the whole thing out. The beats were individual products. Everything had a skew. It was ridiculous. I got zero traffic, like made one sale. That's me being generous. Like go to BeatStars, go where the traffic is, leverage those platforms. Don't spend it. Don't get fancy. All right. This one's by King Jelly. Can any, okay, this one I need to actually listen to. This one's about vocal mixing and I would need to listen to the track first. Um, this one's by Any580. Is a vocal booth made out of a heavy blanket viable? Um, I have a small workspace to begin with with a very 
heavy fabric blanket covering me and the microphone work for recording vocals. I have a decent mic, but I don't have that much space to work in my workspace. Yes, dude. And you make it work. You get it how you got to get it, man. Like I think I said this in one of my last podcasts. I watched this Travis Scott doc and he's in there like he's recording under a blanket. Given he has Mike Dean there mixing his vocals, who's like the OG and like one of the best in the game. But um, you'd be surprised, I think, how many rappers record in hotel rooms. And so some of your favorite records are probably made in hotel rooms under a heavy blanket. Also, I was talking to my boy about this the other day, too. Like, he recorded off of a Shure, um, what is it, like a Shure, is it like the SM58? Whatever the, the typical, like, performance mic is that you have, that you see people use. And, like, it, he mixed the vocals great because it was a dynamic mic, and so it doesn't pick up all the room sound like a condenser mic would. So sometimes having just, like, an, like a, it doesn't have to be super fancy mic, just like some sort of simple dynamic mic might even do your vocals more justice than some crazy fancy condenser mic that's going to pick up all the little things in your room. Um, so get under the heavy blanket and go make some music. This one is by the Rahal Sastra. What's up with your names, guys? I do not understand. Rappers, what are some elements that make beats stand out to you? Last week, um, I was interested in this discussion. Uh, I saw someone post about this on finding, quote-unquote, finding good ones. I wanted to figure out what I can focus on to improve the quality of my beats. Real, Sastry, whatever your name is, um, this is hard because different people are going to want different things. So I can't give you one thing exactly. What I would say is you can ask. Find artists that you like to work with and ask them what they dig. Like, actually, if you can cater beats to certain people, obviously that makes it a lot easier. What I've found, if I was just going to give some general advice on this, I would say, like, what are elements that make beats stand out to you? Good drums. Um, having, uh, dr- like, having a bop. You know what I'm saying? What's Drake say? He said it in Greece. He was like, oh, oh, uh, what was his, the guy's name? I forget the guy who produced those tracks. Sorry, dude. But he's like, Ozzy. I think his name's Ozzy. He's like, Ozzy, got the bounce. Yeah. Like, have your, get your drums right. Get your bounce right. Focus on your drums. Make sure your shit bounces. Two. Uh, arrangement. This is another big one um, that'll come down to making beats stand out. Is does it have an intro? Does it have a hook? Does it have a pre-hook? Does it have a verse? Does it have a bridge? Like, if it's just the same thing on loop over and over, that's usually a tell. Not always, but um, you can having a good arrangement or the beat change in different ways. Not like a crazy beat switch up, but instruments are being brought in and out. It's it's dynamic as a listener. That's the thing that makes it stand out to me. I like having different. As a, as a vocalist, I like having different parts of the beat structured differently. And then mixing. M- the mix for me will always make a beat stand out. If things are mixed well, I, like I always say, like it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be Mozart. If it's mixed well, it's going to be an absolute game changer. Um, sometimes just simple instruments and a decent arrangement mixed well, and you're off to the races. So I hope that that helps. All right, y'all, I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, Realize this was a little bit of a longer episode, but if you want your question answered on next week's pod, shoot me a message or an email. I'm at Kia Orion, K-I-A-O-R-I-O-N, everywhere online. I'm also Kia at KiaOrion.com. You can check that out. Slide in the email, slide in the DM. Let me know what's up. Again, thank you guys so much. If you want my free producer training, check it out, theproducervault.com. All things dope resources, 10 years of gems, all dropped in that training. So check it out, and I'll check you on the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, check you next week. Peace.